0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ah,
1: yes. Mariners Pod back once again. Thanks for being here. Oh, last night was spectacular. And as we record this, it's 1 a.m., but I am still just flying high after that game last night. And for those of you that were there or listened to us on the radio, watched it on TV, I know you know exactly what I'm saying. That was awesome. What a ball game last night as the Mariners, they win again. They've beaten the Oakland A's now 12 times in a row. That's just so hard to wrap your mind around. The Oakland A's, a good team. A team in the mix, and the Mariners have beaten them 12 times in a row. I mean, think about this from the A's perspective just for a second. If they would have cut that in half, they would be in the postseason. Instead, the Mariners put them out with the win last night. We're going to go through all the highlights. We'll get all the reaction, a ton from the game last night for good reason. It was a great ball game. And also, we'll have a tribute to Paul Sewald at the end of this. And why not? He has been spectacular this year, and he was again last night. So we'll have that coming up. We'll talk more about the series coming up against the Angels on the podcast tomorrow. So that's what we have in store. In the meantime, the Mariners now. 89 and 70 overall, winners of four in a row. They are a half game back of the Boston Red Sox. Yankees still holding the first wild card after losing to the Blue Jays. 90 and 68. They're a game up on Boston. Boston 89 and 69, holding the second wild card. The Mariners half game back. The Blue Jays one game back of Boston. They come in at 88 and 70 on the season. Mariners off day today which means everybody will be watching the Yankees and the Blue Jays again, the Red Sox and Baltimore again. It, to kind of put this in perspective and what the remainder of this season looks like for the Mariners, I hopefully I can explain this quickly enough to make sense and be helpful. The Mariners, the, the most they can get is 92 wins. 92 wins is the highest they can get if they go 3-0. and So if they win out... Ninety-two. For the rest of the teams, Red Sox, Yankees, Toronto. Here's what they would need to do to finish with ninety-two wins. The Red Sox would have to go there three and one. The Yankees would just need to go two and two. But the Blue Jays would have to win out. They would have to go four and zero. Oh. So if the Mariners do sweep side the Angels, it really does put a lot of pressure on Boston, which would have to go three and one, and Toronto, which would have to go four and zero. Oh. It gives you. Perspective though on the Yankees and the clear advantage they have being a game up on Boston, they just need to go two and two to get to that 92 win total. And of course, if the Mariners get there and the Red Sox get there, it means we'll have game 163. Now, the Mariners to get to 91, two and one, the Red Sox two and two, the Yankees just one and three, and the Blue Jays three and one to get to 91 wins, and of course, 90 wins, the Mariners 1-2, and 2, the Red Sox just 1-3, and 3, and the Blue Jays just 2-2. and 2. Yankees are already there. They're at 90 wins right now. So a quick breakdown of what exactly, when we're talking about half game back, game back, but those are the concrete win totals the Mariners can get to and what it means for everyone else to get to. So if the Mariners do go 3-0 and and get to 92 wins, Boston goes 2-2, and Mariners finish ahead of them. New York goes 1-3, and Mariners finish ahead of them. Blue Jays go just 3-1, and Mariners finish ahead of them. But that's if they sweep the Angels. And we'll talk more about the Angels coming up. But just a quick synopsis of where the Mariners are at after the thrilling win last night. And thrilling win was perfect. We knew it was going to be tough going in. Because Frankie Montas has been one of the best pitchers in the American League. He was on his game, too. He was throwing fire. But so was Logan Gilbert.
2: Here's the stretch and the one two to Chapman. Swing and a miss for strike three. And that's it for the A's. Strikeout number three for Logan Gilbert. He gets Harrison and Chapman here in the second. He got Marte in the first. What a start for the kid, Logan Gilbert.
1: Yeah, he was on his game early. He was really pitching well. But again, Montas was great. Gilbert gives up a solo home run. It's a one nothing game. Late in the ball game, the A's, though, a couple of errors that opened the door. Jared Kelnick, and he ran
3: right through the door.
0: The pitch swung on, high drive, deep right center field, through for 380 mark. It's off the base of the fence. Ty France coming to third, coming around to score. Right behind him is Hanniger. The throw not in time. JK, Jared Kelnick, a double two, and the Mariners have a 2 run lead. Bottom six here in Seattle. Jake Pay coming through.
1: Unbelievable. (laughs) Just what a moment that was with Kelnick just celebrating at second base. A truly great moment. It was spectacular. The place was going wild. And before we get too far into this, man, the fans that were there were spectacular. They were in it. I don't know. It stood for most of the ballgame, seemingly. It was incredible. It was just, what a night. A's, though, would get a solo home run to tie things up. One apiece. Mariners, though, would take the lead back, thanks to a sack fly. Ty France getting it done. And then a little insurance late in the ballgame as well in the bottom of the eighth.
2: Now the 2 nothing pitch. Toro swinging a drive deep into right field. Pender going back the track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. The insurance run they're looking for. Everybody on their feet. It's now the Mariners four and the A's two. Holy smokes! What a blast by Abraham Toro. That
1: was really helpful. Gave the Mariners a little more breathing room going into the ninth. And Steckenrider on the bullpen did it again. They they always seem to the backbone of this team and what they have done. And Steckenrider would close it out.
2: The set by Steckenrider and the 0-2 pitch, swing and a fly ball, left center field. Kelnick over, Jared is there, he makes the catch and it just continues. My, oh my, the Mariners win it. 4-2, to two. they sweep aside the Oakland A's and the Mariners stay a half game out in the wild Seventeen thousand three hundred and sixty-six are going crazy here at T-Mobile Park at the corner of Edgar and Dave.
1: There was Mariners win four to two. They sweep the A's again. And talk about a sweep! What a monster sweep! As the Mariners now eighty-nine wins on the season. We have a ton of reaction to get to from what was a spectacular the game. We'll start with Scott Service. What he had to say.
4: We're not quite there yet, but that felt like a playoff game. And, um, I know I started out, our fans were awesome. Thank you so much for everybody who was out there tonight. Um, you know, it was weird when the game started, I didn't see the whole bottom section full. And then as I looked up in the sixth inning in the sixth inning with Kelnick at the plate, I happened to look in the stands and the whole bottom section was full. So either they just walked in the ballpark or they moved down to better seats. I don't know, but we could certainly hear them. And, and thanks for everybody out there tonight. And, and, uh, helping our guys along. We've just played 13 consecutive days um, at a point in the season where everybody's dragging, and we won 11 of those games. Unbelievable effort uh, by our, our guys. Um, so, so proud of them, but uh, this is fun. This is the way baseball's supposed to be at this time of year, and, and we still got a lot of big, big games ahead of us. So um, tonight, you know, for me, the highlight really was we sent the 24-year-old to the mound, with a 24-year-old catching him, and with a 22-year-old center field, and that's super exciting. If you're a Mariners fan and part of this organization, you should feel very good about where we're headed in our future, and the experiences that those kids gain tonight will help them for many years to come. So, uh, Logan did it with one pitch. He did not have a secondary pitch tonight. Uh, that was it. Has been, you know, really improving for him. But the slider was was not there. Uh, the changeup was you know inconsistent but he had really good fastball and to get us into the sixth inning um, you know he really gutted it out I thought the last 15-20 pitches he threw were a little bit fuzzy uh, it wasn't what we saw early in the game but he found a way to get outs um, did a heck of a job there and of course our bullpen again um, I know those guys are running on fumes right now but they find a way to get the big outs and even Diego I thought he threw the ball well he just made the one mistake to Brown and you know, Seawall picks us up and, and Steck again after that. So um, nice night there um, offensively. Obviously, Kelnick with the big double, and, and I, know, I know I said it earlier, but I looked up and you could just everybody in the ballpark's on their feet. And it's the sixth inning of the game. Uh, that's that's fantastic, and for, for Jared to come through like that, uh, awesome night for him. Ty France swung the bat well, and, and Toro the big add-on homer late. We needed we needed every little uh, extra a run, little cushion for for Steck. And, We just beat the Oakland A's 12 times in a row. That's really, really hard to do. We've been on the other side of that a little bit uh, in dealing with the Houston Astros, so um, it's tough. Our guys did not back off, and um, we need an off day and really looking forward to the weekend. So uh, I'll take any questions.
5: Scott, Jared has wanted to – tribute so bad. And now that he is, I mean, just from a coaching perspective, how good do you feel for him when you see him come up flex in those
4: moments? Uh, it's, it's it's really gratifying. And, and I give a ton of credit to, to Montas tonight. He was really good. He had an excellent fastball. The two-seamer was really moving, Uh, you know, working in the split fingers and the sliders. Oh, that's as tough a pitcher. You know, I know Atani was tough on us last week, and those are, are two of the, probably the top 10 guys uh, in the league. And when they're on, they're as good as anybody out there. So, uh, the quality of bats that we were able to throw in there uh, late against them. And we got some help, you know, we did. And we, all along, we knew we needed some help. You know, the second baseman probably should have had the pop-up double play ball. They don't get going and you look up and then, but you have to take advantage of it. And, and that's what we were able to do. Jared had a great at bat and really happy for him. Uh, these moments, uh, you know, they go a long way in building confidence in young players.
6: That's a elevated 96 mile per hour stinker that he got on top of I mean, that.
4: Kind of speaks to
6: the talent
4: this kid has, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't play in this league at 22 years old unless you got special talent. And he does. He does have a ton of talent. Um, you know, you see it every day, and and you know, you know it's gonna be there. Um, the thing that this excites me so much, all of the experiences he's had throughout the year help and they contribute to him being able to slow it down in that moment here as we sit in the end of September. Um, so again, these guys are learning, they're growing, and it's fun to watch
6: every night. Scott, Logan, you said he had one pitch. I mean, how many rookies, they go out there in a game of this magnitude and they know they only have one pitch, can find their way through it? And we couldn't tell that he didn't have one. I mean, he didn't change his
4: uh, – No, he didn't. He didn't get frustrated because he didn't have a good feel for a slider or changeup. And it it speaks to the maturity of him, and it's why I am so excited about him and and his future with us because uh, when you're able to get through a quality team in this league, and you really got maybe one-and-a-half pitch, you know, tonight, it it says a lot. So his pitch, his fastball is really special, and we saw how special it can be tonight. Scott,
7: we've seen J.P. go the other way an awful lot this year, which has been a big part of his offensive growth. Uh, Can you talk about that hit-and-run play there and just how difficult that is to pull off in the big leagues against a very good pitcher?
4: Yeah, it's a – you know – There's two strikes on the hitter. So it's, it's, you know, we are sending the runner there where, you know, it it almost burnt us. It could have been a line drive double play and we would be thinking about what we're doing, but we want to stay aggressive. Demo is our best base runner and thought he had a good read on what Chafin was doing. Uh, But credit goes to the JP. He's a really tough left-hander. Um, he's funky, he's got a good slider, and JP just committed, I'm going to take this ball the other way and got it done. Um, And we've seen him do that a number of times this year and really, really mature approach at that point in the game, just trying to keep the line moving, knows who's coming up behind him, and it worked out great.
6: Scott, um, I know you weren't here in 2014, but that was the last time there's been a weekend series like this played at T-Mobile Park. And in that year, the Mariners are kind of backing in because the teams are around them. we just kind of throwing up on themselves. You guys are charging into this. I mean, how important is that? It's not like you're just kind of loping on. You're playing your best baseball in the stretch where it matters the most.
4: Well, it's, it's exciting. Um, that, that's for sure. And and I know coming to the ballpark every day, you feel something good is going to happen. You know, you have that momentum going and, and it's everybody's contributing. Everybody can't wait to, to get out onto the field or play their role in helping us get to where we need to go here. So, um, you know, when you have a group like that and everybody feels like they're contributing, it's not just leaning on three or four guys. It, it's it's a special feeling coming into the game. And even, you know, tonight we give up the homer. you're down a run pretty good chance. If we can hold them there, we're going to find a way to win this game. That's how I felt. And I know that's how everybody on our bench felt. So um, again, it's, it's a great uh, experience for a lot of these guys. And, You know, um, outside of Kyle Seager, who was here in 2014, none of these guys have ever gone through that before. Um, And the way we're handling it, uh, at the end of the day, these guys believe. They believe. uh, I don't know how much (laughs) more I can say than that. They believe in each other. They believe we can get this done. And, again, we need a little help. Um, You know, every night we go out there. But control what you can control. And and we're doing a good job of that throughout the course of the game every night. Have a good off day, guys. Um, I think the game's
8: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: And Logan Gilbert was on his game. Man, he pitched well, especially early on. The moment I'll take away is when he blew 98 by Marte early in the ball game. It's just, whoo, hit this. Come get it. But there was pressure on him. You knew with Montas they had to get a great start from Gilbert, and they got it. Here's what Logan said after the game. Logan, it
5: seemed like you didn't quite have your off-speed pitches today, but then Scott said, you basically only had one pitch today. Just how challenging was it for you to navigate that lineup, and and how did you do that?
9: Yeah, um, I mean, from the get-go, the plan was just to attack them and try to get ahead and counts, and I think I was able to do that with my fastball for the most part. The other stuff, I was just kind of searching throughout the game, but didn't want to scrap it necessarily. I wanted to keep throwing everything, and even if I didn't have a great feel for it, just show them other things and then get back to the fastball when I needed it. You living. always have. How much are you living for these
5: big games? That you've been pitching? I mean, two against the Astros this one. You had the big one against Boston tonight. How much are you going on adrenaline?
9: Oh, I love it. Yeah. We feed off it, it. These are huge games, especially for just the Mariners trying to make it back to the playoffs, but also having the crowd there and their energy. We feed off that. So. Um, I know it's late in the year and all that, but I think I speak for a lot of us when we feel like how we were at the beginning of the season in terms of energy and freshness and all that, just feeding off the crowd.
5: You always have an elite fastball, but to what degree was it more electric tonight?
9: Um, yeah. I, I don't know if really what was, what was different. I think I was in the upper part of the zone a lot, which was helping throughout the game. Um, and I think it was just getting on them. I was trying to be aggressive with it in the zone and challenge them and it was working out and we just kept going to it. So it, it just worked out tonight.
6: Logan, there didn't seem to be any panic. I mean, if those other pitches aren't working, you're lying heavily on the fastball. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, this situation, this big of a game would kind of probably melt down. How do you, how did you kind of just keep it together when you really?
9: Um, yeah, it never really crossed my mind to panic or anything like that honestly I had a I had great feel for it before the game so everything felt really good going into the game then got out there and didn't really have it but I was under the impression that I was always one inning away from everything just clicking so after the first I'm like oh I'll, I'll find it next inning no doubt just kept thinking that throughout the game never really did find it but always thought I was going to so didn't really panic.
6: Uh, the pitch to Kemp, what, what were you trying to do there to just Miss the location and leave it in the middle.
9: Yeah, just behind in the counts. Just trying to fill it up and just didn't want to walk him, wanting to force contact and he put a good swing on it. Logan, well, you live
5: with Jared. Uh, you've seen him in the ups and downs this year. I mean, just from a, a standpoint of him being your friend and wanting to see him success, what did you make of that clutch two-out double
6: that he had? earlier?
9: Yeah, that was awesome. I couldn't be more happy for him. I know how hard he works, and um, this year, Um, through the ups and downs for both of us. And uh, he's been having a great month and great time lately. So it was awesome to see him have that hit, have that success. And for some reason, I was just in the dugout kind of after two errors, booted balls, and Jared came up. I don't know why, but just kind of knew it was going to happen for whatever reason. And then he delivered, so that was awesome to see.
5: You contribute, he contributes, Cal is behind the plate. What does it mean that the three of you who have come up through the organization the last few years together? to contribute at such a high level
9: in a big game. Yeah, it was awesome just for everybody. I think we are really clicking and being familiar with each other, and um, we just try to do everything we can to help the team. Hopefully that's a, a glimpse into the future, at least a little bit, but it was, it was fun to be able to throw to Cal again, see Jared have the success, and try to keep us in the game.
5: So much has been made of the future, Logan, but this was there at any point in this season where you felt like, hey, the future
9: is really now? Yeah, I I mean, we're always here to win. We're always here to compete and don't want it to be like this huge five years down the road thing. Um, And I think that's kind of the testament of this season. We surprised a lot of people that said we wouldn't even be here right now. And here we are. So um, the future is definitely bright here. But I also think right now is bright, too. We have a real chance.
10: And
1: how about Jared Kellnick? The huge knock. What a moment. Here's what he had to say
5: did you think it was gone off the bat? Can you kind of just walk us through your approach a 95-mile-an-hour heater at the top of the zone?
7: Uh, I did think it was gone. That's why I only got a double. Uh, but, you know, I was looking for a pitch out over the heart of the plate, something up. I didn't want to chase the split down. Uh, and 2 count, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, and put a good swing on it.
5: I know when you had your first career hit, homer and everything that the adrenaline had to be really high but just where did tonight rank from anything you've accomplished on the baseball field
7: yeah it's definitely up there uh but the fans made that one possible because without their energy uh it probably would have felt like just another double and the the energy that they brought tonight is something that i know all of us appreciate and we look forward to Coming back, I know we're all dying to get back here after the off day. How loud
6: was it down on the field? You're standing on second base, your fist pumping and screaming. How loud was it? Because it was loud up here, but we don't know what it's like down there.
7: Dude, it was so loud. So
6: loud. I mean, like, what is – was just adrenaline pumping through your body? I mean, what's that feeling like when you have – I mean, it's only 17,000 or whatever, but they're yelling at the top of their lungs and going crazy for you.
7: Yeah, I mean – I don't know. It was just like, it was just kind of surreal. It's kind of like the, one of those things that you see in movies and you see when you're young, you see um, on sports center and stuff like that. And when you're just there uh, you can only just sit there and look around, soak it in. Hey Jared, does uh, Jared Kelnick on June 1st, when he gets that one O splitter, he come out of his shoes trying to, Hit that thing, you know what I mean? Is are you a little bit better equipped now than maybe you were earlier on? I mean, that was such a key pitch to lay off to get you into uh, absolutely. Uh, I think probably to answer your question, um, but I feel like I've really done a, a good job of as of late laying off those pitches. Um, you know, granted, in my first or second at bat today, I, I chased a slider up. Uh, that ju- that pitch just did never came down. I saw it out of his hand, and that pitch just kind of stayed up. Um, so, but you know, I feel like re- as of as of late, I've laid off tough pitches, getting myself into the right counts, and uh, and then capitalizing on a mistake.
5: Jared, do you think that's a a function of repetition and getting that experience in games, or are you, are you doing other things to help prepare besides that? Is it scouting?
7: Uh, you know, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of time in the cage and picking brains of the other guys like Seeger, Haniger, um, and even some pitchers I I talk to just because that you know the older pitchers they've seen hitters and they see what they do and they can find out like if a guy is pulling off uh you know the weaknesses that he's gonna have. So it's it's a combination of all of that, and uh, and just trying to be patient with myself because, you know, it's it's definitely been a roller coaster, and um, but I feel like right now I'm I'm slowing it down. How much have you, Logan, Cal? I mean, you're you're all buddies. How
5: much have you guys talked over the years about you know being the kind of group, the core that gives these fans uh, playoff appearance that they've wanted? Uh, I.
7: It- It's something that we we've mentioned and we've talked about in the past, Um, but it's nothing that we we don't try to put too much pressure on ourselves when it comes to that, because we know that as long as we stay true to ourselves and we go out and play our game, that everything is going to take care of itself. And, you know, that's exactly what Logan did tonight, and he did it so well and he stayed true to himself and he. Uh, he, he pitched his tail off tonight. I don't think there's any way to put it. He was blowing guys away with his fastball and uh, it was pretty impressive to watch uh, in center field. And just to hear the crowd when, when he walked off the field um, as his friend and as, you know, his teammate, like I was so happy for him that I could hear them cheering, cheering him on as he was walking off the field.
3: Jared, I know when you guys both came up, you talked about how well, – just wait until you see this guy in Logan, when, what he's able to do up here. To see him put on a performance like that when he basically had one pitch tonight in a game that matters like this, just how much does that speak to the pitcher he can be and how big of a moment this was for you? Uh,
7: you know, for, for me, it's not surprising because I've seen it. Um, but for him to do it at a stage like this with uh, – in towards the end of the year – in front of a crowd like this, against a team like that, because they're a good ball club, and um, it just it just speaks to how hard he works. Uh, nobody takes care of his body and it studies the game more than he does, and that's that's what you saw, and that's what you're gonna see out of him. Like, yeah, every it's baseball. Everyone's gonna go through ups and downs, but at the end of the day, you know, he's uh, more times than not. I feel like he's gonna come out on top, and he's gonna dominate.
1: And let's hear from finally J.P. Crawford after the game.
5: How much energy did the crowd bring and to what degree did that fire up you guys tonight?
10: Oh, yeah, we needed that, um, especially when Kemp uh, hit that home run. And right after that, the crowd was in it all night. And uh, up at up at the plate, um, you hear him screaming and yelling and just chanting your name. And it gives you that extra just boost of energy, the boost of confidence and a uh, we really feed off of that. I do, especially. Um, the crowd is everything. They mean a lot. They mean everything to us. Hearing them scream like that, being locked in ever since the first inning, uh, it's, it's an indescribable feeling. And you may, it makes you want to go out there and do more.
6: JP, did you think Chapman had enough hops to grab that line drive when he went up?
10: Man, I was close. I was holding my breath there for a little bit. But, I mean, I'm happy he didn't.
6: <laughs> do you think the hitter you were two years ago drives that pitch to left field like that off of Lefty slider, or I mean, you know, that's a pretty, that's something that you've done well a lot.
10: Oh yeah, no, all me is rolling that over, breaking my bat to second base. Um, but yeah, like you said, this year I've been a whole different type of hitter. You know, using the whole field and being able to let the ball travel a little more and trusting my hands. Um, I think that's been a big key for me this year.
5: JP, would you rank this up there as one of the biggest games of your career? If not, if not the biggest.
10: Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think all these games are just as important as any other game right now. Um. Like you said, we still got three more important ones, but um. Yeah, we're treating each game like it's our last right now, and that's how we got to play these last couple of games. Did
5: I feel like a playoff atmosphere? Just given the stakes of what you're chasing and just how into it the fans.
10: Oh, hell yeah. Um, you go out you go out there from the first pitch, and there's two outs in the first inning, and the crowd's already erupting going crazy. And it's like, oh, this is about to be one of those type of games today. I'm in. Let's go. And even if you're dragging a little bit, you hear that crowd start screaming. You don't feel your body at all. You're just ready to roll. This is your fourth
6: straight come from behind win during this stretch. I mean, like, w- when you had that stretch against the Red Sox and Diamondbacks, it was getting looking tough. You guys just kept winning. I mean, do you guys, when you get a downer run, do you guys even think that you won't come back? I mean, like, it's just kind of a quiet confidence that you know you're going to do it?
10: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we've been doing it all year. Uh, we've, been, uh, we've been behind a lot coming in to the final stretch a lot this year, and uh, we never give up, and we just find a way to score runs and manufacture runs. I mean, if it's not somebody today, it's uh, somebody else picking each other up, and it's been a new hero every night, and that's what a winning ball cup has to be
5: these are some of the most meaningful games the mariners have had in years particularly at the end of the season what does it mean to you to be a part of that
10: oh it means everything just to be in this spot where no one no one expected us to be here um everyone doubted us besides the people in this clubhouse so it's nothing new to us i mean we expected us to be in this spot we knew we could win we knew we could go out there and compete with any other team in this league and uh we, ever since spring, we worked every day taking ground balls. And, and in BP, we put in our craft, and it showed this year.
5: JP, kind of building off Tyler's question, so much is made on this organization's past, whether it be Edgar's double in 1995 or 116 wins in 2001. How determined were you and are you in this young core to kind of carve out a name for yourselves?
10: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Ever since I've been over here in 19, I mean, you know the story of Seattle. Um, They've been since 2001, and you want to be that guy to break that curse, to break the bad vibes over here. You want to be remembered to be a legend in the city. And I think for doing that, that's a pretty good cause.
6: Do you think people are starting to believe yet, or are they still doubting you? I mean, you you guys probably like it that they're doubting you, so you just kind of keep playing the way
10: you are. Definitely, but all the outside noise don't matter. People in this clubhouse know we could win. That's all that matters.
1: No, that was pretty sweet. Mariners beat the A's, sweep the A's, beat the A's 12 times in a row, and now they turn their attention to the Angels. We'll talk more about that coming up the podcast tomorrow, but America fans, there's a couple of monster games to pay attention to tonight, and it starts with uh, Baltimore and Boston. That one's going to start at 4 p.m. from Baltimore Nick Pavetta will take the ball for the Red Sox. Alexander Wells from the hometown of our own Ryan Rowland smith So I'm expecting big things from Alexander Wells in this one. Baltimore has helped out, of course. They took the first game of the series. They already beat Chris Sale once. So why not take the series? Yankees and Blue Jays from Toronto. This one's going to be tough. Robbie Ray, who I think is going to win the American League Cy Young. He'll go from, uh, for Toronto. He's had a great year. Corey Kluber on the other side for the Yankees. That's going to be a great ball game. That one at four oh seven two. So both of them starting at four. We'll all be watching. We will all be watching. Can you imagine if Baltimore beats the Red Sox going into Friday? Just imagine that going into Friday. What that will look like if Baltimore beats Boston. I am so looking forward to this weekend. It is going to be great. The atmosphere was... A, I mean, keep talking about it. It was amazing. And I have a feeling it's going to be amazing this weekend, and I have a feeling it's going to be... there's going to be even more people there this weekend. Just just my sense. And if you haven't heard, Shohei Otani will not pitch. He has been shut down for the season, pitching-wise. He'll, of course, be in the lineup, which causes problems, of course, but he will not be pitching. He was scheduled to Uh, At least his turn was the final day of the season. So the Mariners will not have to deal with the presumed MVP coming up. All right, so you're all set. Why not, uh, given everything that uh, we've seen this year, Paul Seawald has been a hero for the Mariners, no doubt about that. So let's have some Paul Seawald love, some Paul Seawald appreciation, and celebrate the Mariners' relief ace. 13th, 2021. A big day for the Mariners this season. The first time we saw Jared Kelnick in a Mariners uniform. Logan Gilbert was called to the major leagues for the very first time on that day. And little did we know at the time, but a critical move was made. The Mariners called up a right-handed reliever who spent nine years in professional baseball, including parts of four seasons with the New York Mets. It was Paul Seawald. Seawald introduced himself to Mariners fans on Twitter by joking, it looks like the Mariners are calling up their young and spry prospects from AAA. A funny joke, but his stuff was no joke. From the moment he put on a Mariners uniform, he's been striking out everybody. The
11: 2-2. Swing! and a miss. Front door slider. How do you do? LeMahieu whiffs on it. That is a massive strikeout for Paul Seawall. What else would you expect? He strands two and keeps this game a scoreless tie. A
1: strikeout rate that puts him with Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks
2: this season. The right handers. 1-2 pitch. It is strike three. Called on the outside corner. Got him with a fastball. And Paul Seawall does what he does best. And he sets down hitters one after another. This one with a fastball to strike out Carlos Correa, and that strikeout rate is the second best in Mariners
1: history for any pitcher with at least four innings thrown, behind Edwin Diaz in
11: 2018. That's some pretty good company. The 2-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. How about another elevated heater? Gallo swings and misses. Four batters phase for Paul Sewald. Count him up, four strikeouts. So
1: how did Paul Sewald mold himself into one of the most dominant relievers in Major League Baseball? Well, part of that story starts in spring training this year.
3: You know, for the longest time, I was someone who didn't throw hard, so I was told you need to throw down in the zone, make sure you throw down and away to everybody. And then the analytics say I have a high spin rate fastball and and some ride, and so I was like, oh, I got to learn to throw the ball up in the zone. And you know, it took me about a year to get it. Uh, we made some adjustments in camp that didn't go. As well as we had hoped. It was kind of a roller coaster in spring training, and then I went to the outside and really it started to click there. Um, and then I've really taken off since I started throwing the ball up in the zone as well as I have. Joel Furman, director of analytics
1: for the Mariners, gives us some more details in a conversation between Paul Seawald and
0: pitching coach for the Tacoma Rainiers, Rob Marcello. You know, I can remember. In spring training, you know, it's it's a thing that we do to right at the beginning of spring training, have a sit down with each pitcher and just kind of go through what we're seeing from a lot of different angles and ways that they could potentially improve. And I, I remember with Paul, one of the things that stood out is we can kind of look at like, you know, what are the properties of the pitches that you're throwing and what does your average pitch do? And then what is, your, what is the best handful of pitches that you've ever thrown look like? And so if we looked at his slider, You know his average slider was a pretty good one but the best 20 or 30 sliders he's ever thrown or say 100 sliders he's ever thrown were like elite and a question i'm really glad rob asked because i didn't think i had the uh credibility to ask was like hey can we dial up that a slider a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah paul was like you know oh yeah i you know typically in different contexts use different sliders but i know exactly which one that is oh really can let it rip and really impressed with just the buy-in and humility that 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 takes from from seawall and um yeah obviously not looking back um he's pitching really really well
1: and of course his slider gets a lot of attention and why not opponents batting under
11: 200 against it the three two again swing and a miss the slider at the knees finishes off otani a 10 pitch battle and Paul Sewald wins it. My slider sweeps a lot more than everybody else in big leagues. <laughs> Woody
3: has a great, had a great thing. Is said, throw the pitch that moves the most the most often, which those high fastballs and spitting my sliders as much as I can has been a really good combo for me.
1: Not just the slider. The fastball has been elite. Opponents batting under 175 against it with no home run. The pitch.
2: Swing and a miss and a fastball for strike three. Paul Seawolf with back-to-back strikeouts of joy. And now he strikes out Yandi Diaz two away for the Rays here in the top of the eighth inning, and what a performance right here for Seawall. The two pitches
1: in concert has helped form one of the nastiest combinations in Major League Baseball.
8: Here's Jerry Depoto. When you watch it, it' none of it is surprising yeah. with how he's doing it, the deception he's creating. The, I mean, right-handed hitter right now, with, with I mean with Paul coming from what feels like behind the hitter's back, it's almost like a left-on-left type mm-hmm. matchup, which is very unusual in today's game but he's not doing it with what would ordinarily, you know, that, that we'll call it the Dennis Eckersley or even Joe Smith who can really be murder on right-handed hitters. They're doing it with sync, you know, Paul Seawald's doing it with ride, which is phenomenal. And, and he's doing it with that sweepy slider that he can start at a righty and break over the, the outside corner. And it's, he's frozen a lot of hitters. He's gotten a lot of really awkward swing throughs. And the way he's able to create that same, Deception, cross-firing a left-handed hitter has been a revelation for us. And uh, I I think Paul has been among the most pleasant surprises in this season across baseball, not mm-hmm. just with the Mariners. He's He's been awesome.
1: And as the season has marched on, Seawald has found himself pitching in the biggest situations, in the most important
11: moments of ball games. Seawald gets the sign. He sets. Another 3-2. Swing and a miss! Strike three! Top of the zone. And Seawald is looking like the Hulk as he flexes, walking off the mound. He gets the Mariners out of a bases loaded 10th inning jam. He strikes out three Astros hitters and sends this to the 11th. Tied at two. It's incredible. I mean, if you don't want to pitch in tight games, yeah. in
3: games that you're trying to win, trying to get the hold, trying to get the save, trying to you know we're down one, get me in there, maybe I can pull out the win. Then I don't know what you're doing here. It's it's been great to pitch in those games. I'll pitch in blowouts. I'll pitch in tight games. I'll pitch whenever they tell me to pitch. But it certainly is more enjoyable when you get to pitch in close wins and you get to celebrate with the boys in the locker room after. And um, I'll pitch whenever they tell me to. But I, I certainly have enjoyed you know getting to pitch in some close wins and and it's been great.
1: In fact, recently Matt. Manager Scott Service poured on the highest praise possible.
3: Well, he's having a he's having a magical
4: season. He really is. He's he's you know he's been so consistent. I think what stands out for me is his ability to execute. You know, you get ahead in the count, and all of a sudden you look up, it's two two. There's a foul ball. There's a ball. It's three two, and still make the quality pitch. The ball doesn't often end up in the middle of the plate in those two two three two counts, I and mean, that's a credit to him. Just executing, you know, keeping his heart rate in check. And just pitching, unbelievable job for us this year. For me, you know, looking at our team and what's happening, he, he's the MVP of our team. He's been so valuable uh, to come in and shut rallies down and, and you know, just always pitching in the toughest part of the lineup. It's not easy to do.
1: Paul Seawald, what a year it has been.
3: I appreciate it, but I think if anyone's watched any of the games, it's taken 26 people every single day to get to where we have. It's a, it's a different MVP every day. Our media team has a player of the game in their Instagram posts. And it really, I swear, it's a different person every day. At six out of seven games, you'll have six different people. And that's what it's taken to get here. And uh, if he wants to say that, I, I really appreciate it. But anyone who's watched knows that We've got 26 MVPs.
2: Now the set by Seawall. Checks the runner. 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a slider down and away for strike three. That's it for Stanton and the Yankees in the top of the ninth inning. What a job by the Mariners' bullpen tonight.